0: Paul exposed Felix as the extortioner. He preached to him righteousness. Now this is the yardstick of uprightness. It is God's plumb line of what is true, what is square, what is right on. It exposes everything that is amiss, everything that is faulty. And Paul was holding Felix up mirror to mirror. He he was bringing him face to face with God's standard of true righteousness. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Gallagher, and it is a joy to bring you the message of the gospel. Our main message today is from the book of Acts, chapter 24, Paul the Apostle Standing Before Felix. And we also have a couple of hymns today, Just As I Am and Were You There? But we begin with a few thoughts from Psalm 23 and verse 4. And I hope that the Lord will come and minister to your heart through his word today. We start with a few thoughts on Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What a great theme as we come to Easter. The Lord Jesus is our shepherd, and the resurrection delivered the disciples from so many fears. The Lord addressed those fears and poured peace into their hearts. David had this hope also and this inner experience of absolute confidence in the Lord's victory over evil when he said, I will fear no evil. The very first reference in the Bible to fear was when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. They were hiding among the trees, and God said, Where art thou? And Adam said, I was afraid. Now, the reason for his fear was his nakedness. And this is man who is not right with God. The reconciled man who is clothed in Christ's righteousness counts God as his friend. Now, that is the most blessed thing on earth, to know God is at peace with you. And then we fear no evil, no bad thing, no physical nor moral evil. Note that it doesn't eliminate bad things. They are real and powerful. But the Christian who is right with God is comforted through them. To David, this is not cold comfort. It is not stoicism. Uh, This is the result of a living relationship with the Lord Jesus, his shepherd. And to know the character and love of the shepherd makes all of life to be blessed. Now, you'll notice the means of this comfort. He says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He has the shepherd's presence, and he has the shepherd's protection, the rod or a stick to beat off the wild beast, a club, Philip Keller likened this to the word of God. The rod was also for correction and as a staff. All the staff, the, the walking aid, that very emblem of the shepherd in his watch care over the sheep. I want you to picture the Lord Jesus as your shepherd and to know that he is filled with care toward you. The Lord is my shepherd. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and staff, they comfort me. And I pray that you will know that comfort of the presence, the nearness, and the protection of the Lord Jesus in your life. Let's just bow in prayer for that. Father, we thank Thee for the promises we have here in Your Word, for the consolation and comfort that it brings to our troubled hearts in a world of great trials and many needs. And I pray for those who may be going through a valley of bereavement or trials and troubles that You will come and be their comfort, dry up their tears, cheer their heart, Make your presence known, minister to them in all your blessedness, that they may have the joy and peace that comes through knowing and serving the Lord Jesus. We ask all of this and pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. listening to Let the Bible Speak, and we're moving now to the message from the pulpit of our church on Paul standing before Felix, Acts chapter 24, verse 24. Verse 24 in this passage says, And after certain days, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess. He sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled." When preachers go to a congregation with the potential of preaching for a call, that means the pulpit, the pastorate is vacant, and a particular preacher is hoping that he will be a candidate to receive a call from that congregation that he might be their minister. You can understand that he is going to be looking for his very best sermon, and be sure that he will bring a word that will be faithful, but also that might be somewhat acceptable to the congregation. Well, as we think of Paul the Apostle before Felix, he did the opposite. And as he prayed and thought about what to preach to this Roman governor, what to say to him as he was invited to present something of the message of his faith. Now, Paul was a prisoner. He accused of many wild things by the Jews. He was out of popularity and being cooped up under house arrest, was not exactly a preacher's idea of success in the ministry. And so we have a question here. Was he preaching to Felix for his own, or was he preaching for the souls of his audience? Now, you and I would like to think that every preacher, when he has opportunity to stand and deliver the message of God, that he will have faithfulness to God, and faithfulness to men in mind. And surely that's what we find here when Paul stands before him. Now, by nature, it would have been wise for Paul to say to himself, Paul, stay away from politics. This man's a Roman governor, and uh, he's got power. Or, sir, stay away from scandals, because this man has a scurrilous life. Sin sticks to him like mud. So, Paul, if you're going to be a wise preacher, stay away from these things. Well, the crucial hour arrived when Paul would take to the podium. And you can see this small man, Paul the Apostle, was not a Samson. He was not a Saul. He was often derided as being very insignificant-looking when he stood before men. And there he grasped that podium and he announced what he was to preach. And we're told here that he reasoned with Felix. That means he just didn't set out A, B, C and say, you do what you like with it. No, he said to Felix, he reasoned with him. What did he reason? Righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. He exposed Felix's lifestyle. He exposed his sins. He exposed his shortcomings. And he advised him of his need of the Lord. And I want to expose a few things in our lives tonight which are contrary to the gospel of the Lord. Paul could not gloss over these things and simply say to Felix, Jesus loves you. It would have been absolutely wrong for him to do that. He would not have been a faithful messenger or preacher if he had simply preached John 3:16 to Felix and applied to Felix, God loves you. You are a child of God and you are in God's favor. No, he preached to him of righteousness, of temperance, and judgment to come. Now, I trust that this sermon tonight will work this in your heart as well, and I hope that you will realize that God wants to get your attention. He wants you to listen, that you might get right with him and that you might turn to him. Paul exposed Felix as the extortioner. He preached to him righteousness. Now this is the yardstick of uprightness. It is God's plumb line of what is true, what is square, what is right on. It exposes everything that is a everything that is faulty. And Paul was holding Felix up Mirror to mirror, he he was bringing him face to face with God's standard of true righteousness. You see, as a politician, Felix lived by bribes. You don't dig into the history books of Roman times to learn that because you'll find it right here in this very passage. And the uh, recorder here in Acts 24:26, it says, he hoped also that money should be given him of Paul. Classic Felix, the extortioner, the one who wanted to be bribed that he might uh, in some way favor Paul the Apostle. Now there are men today who live by the very same measure think that they can buy their way. They think that they can extort and manipulate. But tonight, the gospel exposes them. It exposes what we are and what we do. To come to this light is to be branded crooked. Crooked. You see, righteousness means straight. It means the thing that's right the thing that is true, God's standard. Righteousness is the true line. But when you compare a man or a woman's life to God's standard, we appear to be very crooked and very out of shape. And no wonder Felix trembled. No wonder this Roman governor, under the preaching of Paul the apostle, began to shudder and to shake in his boots because he recognized that he was condemned according to the very standard of God. Now the wonderful thing is that the Christian need not tremble, and the Christian rejoices in the preaching of righteousness. Even though we have a past of sin, even though we have a past where we were crooked and each one of us were, we were born into this world sinners, shapen in iniquity. Every one of us went our own way. None of us kept the law of God. We have come short of his glory. But a Christian rejoices in righteousness because our hope is in the righteous one, the Lord Jesus, whose life was perfect. And by his perfect life and his perfect death, he gives his righteousness to us. And so our confidence tonight as a Christian is not in our good works. Our confidence is not in the things we have accomplished, but it is in the righteousness that is in the Lord Jesus. And so you can see Felix trembling, but the Christian rejoices in the standard that is holy and right, that makes me acceptable for heaven. And we recognize there is no other way to heaven but by the perfect righteousness of the Lord Jesus. The other thing that Paul exposed was that Felix was an adulterer. The word temperance here, uh, it doesn't mean what it means today. Usually it means someone who abstains from alcohol or various drugs, that they are in self-control and control of themselves. But when Felix is brought out and tried, it meant sins of the body because Drusilla was not his wife. Drusilla had been stolen away from her true husband, a man called Azizus, king of Emesa. And Drusilla was not the true wife of this man. And Felix was condemned by the very words of Paul when he used this word, temperance. And no wonder his knees were knocking, his lips would have been tight white as he raged against the very uh, things that Paul was saying. Guilt was written all over him, and he felt condemned. Now, we're living in an age of intemperance. We're living in an age when marriage is not only something that's played loose and fast with, but it is almost being abandoned, redefined. This is an age of intemperance. And you know and I know there are many, many young people today and they don't even plan to get married or they're putting it off and they want to live together, boyfriend, girlfriend, live together without any marital commitment. And that is endemic in our society today. If Paul was preaching to them righteousness and temperance, he would condemn them as immoral, and they would tremble. They would tremble. Now, we as preachers today need also to be faithful and to warn any that live outside of the marriage arrangement that God has ordained uh, that they are living in sin. They are living contrary to God's law and are in danger of their soul. And Felix trembled. And this word convicts. This word challenges. And it brings men and women to the great need of the gospel. Now again, the Christian rejoices in temperance. The Christian rejoices in this message because it is the grace of the gospel that makes us to have self-control. The sin of our lives, the sin of our hearts, the old nature, we are just as filthy and vile as any other. But when you're a Christian, when you're born again, when your heart is changed, when the Lord Jesus is living in you, you not only have a standard or a rule to live by, you have the Savior living in you. You have a new nature, new desires, and new power to live a clean life, a life that is upright and temperate. And that's the great joy that the Christian finds, and that is the power of the gospel at work. Now do I need to remind you tonight, there are many, many verses in the New Testament that Paul preached the gospel that was according to godliness, and a message that doesn't make you pure holy, godly, is not the gospel. It must make you a better person, a stronger person, morally, spiritually, and one who is enabled by the grace of God to live in purity and cleanness. Now in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, you will find that this is the very power which comes through the gospel. And I do not believe for a moment that Paul just preached to Felix and condemned him, but he presented to him the power that was available to him. And here in 2 Peter 1.3 it says, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now notice this divine power that's given unto us. Do you experience that in your life? If you're a Christian, you should. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus, you will have some degree of this divine power at work in your life. Now, you don't become a god. You don't become divine. But it is spiritual, God-given spiritual power that enables you to resist sin. And when you know that something's wrong, when you know something is contrary to God's standard, you're on God's side. You want to be holy, and God gives you the power, the strength to be holy, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now when Paul would have preached those things to Felix. He trembled. He didn't have that power. The history books tell us something of the scandalous, wretched life that he was living. He was known as a, a gangster. He had around him a mob of assassins. And anyone that got in his way, anyone that he thought was opposing him, he arranged their assassination very easily. He was a cruel vicious intemperate man controlled by the passions of his lust and power and here is paul preaching to him temperance now i wonder tonight do you really have the power of the gospel in your life you see it would be very wrong to call yourself a christian to say i'm okay i'm right i'm i'm good it would be wrong for you to say i'm doing okay if you don't have the power to resist sin. Now, I'm not claiming to be omniscient and know the life that you're living, the the way that you think, the talk, the temptations you face, and the defeats you have in your heart. But if you don't have victory over sin, you need the Lord in your life. He's the answer. He gives divine power to overcome such uncleanness. Thank you for listening to Let the Bible Speak, and I hope that the message today on Felix, well, it will be a challenge to your heart. Being a faithful preacher certainly means that we cannot expect that we will be popular with all men. Those who love their sin, those who love the world and will not repent from it, and are determined to enjoy as much of this world as they can, will not really be the friend of the preacher of righteousness. And in the Bible, through the Bible, every true preacher has been a preacher of righteousness, right from the preaching of Noah. When the judgment of God was coming, uh, Noah must warn the people, and he must declare that word with all his heart. And of course, uh, the message that was given to Abraham, he prayed for the city of Lot, and he prayed that God would not destroy the city because of the righteous, and yet God gave time that the righteous may be brought out before Sodom was destroyed. And then throughout the Bible, there are many judgments that God sent upon his people for their sin, and he raised up prophets that they may warn them and tell them of that awful wrath that is soon to come, and that is the work of the gospel preacher. Paul the Apostle said that we are to preach in season and out of season, and that means that we are to preach in every season, whether men want to hear or forbear, and we are called to be faithful uh, to the souls of men, and surely in eternity men will thank us that we were true to the Word. Surely there will be those who will say, thank you for warning me and steering me into the right way, and that is the reward of the preacher, that surely one day men will know that we were standing for God and standing for truth and faithful to their souls. And here on Let the Bible Speak Day by Day, we are seeking to expound the Bible in all its fullness to bring men and women to the realization that they need to be saved, and you need to be saved, and you need to call on the Lord to be your Savior, repenting of all sin, turning unto him with all your heart. Thank you for being a part of the program. May the Lord bless you. Stay tuned now for these closing announcements. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to W L